That's uh, right. You spend eight hours in the truck with him. Ooh, you know what? That's the best day, the best conversation he's ever had in his life. Oh, oh my yeah. god. He learned right. so much when we ride in the truck together. Oh, yeah. probably talks like 15 percent of the time and you talk 85. He, no, I'm like Greg, but but <laughs> that's I, that's so true though. Oh my god, that was so good. That was so good. But but can I I just need to go pee? Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. I'm trying to talk over here. <laughs> Welcome to the Tom Castro shooting academy podcast you have now entered the next level what's going on guys all right so this is a brand new episode of the tom castro shooting academy next level podcast i have a very special episode for you guys i have uh quite a few guests this week actually so i'm sitting down with mr todd holmes from south carolina mr tyler how do you say your last name turbo it's classified I had to get the last, I had to get the turbo part in there. It's very, very important. I, I knew how to say your last name. I just wanted to make sure I said the turbo part. <laughs> and Mr. Craig Magalini. All right, guys. So this week's podcast or this month's podcast, whatever, whenever I get the next one out, is all about match prep for nationals slash big matches. I don't want to talk about just nationals, but I want to talk about big matches as well. But nationals is a beast in itself. So that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about or that Todd actually wanted to talk about. So I figured it'd be a great podcast, kind of get that information out there because he was asking some questions about it. And I figured it would be a great podcast because there's a bunch of information that a lot of people don't know that are maybe going to their first uh, nationals this year and haven't gone to any. I have been to, I think, four nationals now. A couple of them were in my home state. Some were out of the state. So I figured let's have the conversation. All right. So, Todd, since you brought it up, you're first. Why did you want to have this conversation? Um, never shot a multi-day match before, period. And it's really three days is very intimidating to me. So I want to make sure that I can get as mentally prepped for what's coming up in, what is it, three months now? That we'll be shooting in carry optics? I think so. I think it's coming up. It's, uh, what yeah. is it? Uh, is it October, September? Yep, September 9th, 10th, 11th, something like that. So, yeah, it's almost three months away. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer, man. It's uh, so I switched over to uh, carry optics so I could get ready for it, give myself the most amount of time I could instead of shooting open. Um, well, let's start off with this. So, you haven't shot any. Tyler, how many nationals have you shot? Just the one. And the one, actually, that was the one I met you at, low cap, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, and that was out Talladega? That's right. All right, cool. Ricky Bobby. And, yeah, baby. Craig? <laughs> uh, two. I've shot two. And what were those? I, I remember the first one was, was it PCC Nats that year? Yeah, 2020 PCC Nats. And then the 20, 2021, the PCC slash uh, carry optics. Nats. That's right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so let, let's start off first. Craig, uh, Todd has probably the most questions, and I have the most experience. Craig's probably second, then Tyler. So this is kind of an open conversation on, you know, what we want. Now, actually, I don't know if it's, uh, if it caught it, I tried to record it while we were, while we were giving Todd shit, but he gave me a list of some really <laughs> funny stuff. So we were giving him, a, I was giving him a hard time as usual, but, uh, so we're going to go through his list, but we're going to also obviously have a conversation will come up, but all right. So Todd, what is the first thing that really concerns you about nationals? Um, the three days and getting in shape and just your physical prep that, 
you do because you can't just show up and be in shape for the match. So you, I should have started a month ago. I kind of did, but I'm working on that better now, doing some cardio and watching my diet so I can shed some pounds before too. So I think that's a good life choice beyond nationals. Like, I think that's something that should be, you should be doing. (laughs) No, no. But I mean, it's not just nationals, but in our sport in general, like I think, and I don't want to be like one of those guys that's like stands up on the, the pedestal and is like, yeah, man, working out because I changed my lifestyle. I've been, I always worked out and I kind of took a long break and it happened to be during my, my shooting and which is not good because I should have been working out anyway while I was shooting. But since I've changed over to working out, I can't explain how much better, not just the physical, obviously the physical part is supposed to be there because you're working out, but man, the mental for me has been so much better, like so much stronger because I I think the physical is what wears your brain down, right? Like if you're physically tired, your brain just is like, all right, come on. Like we're, we're trying to do things here and you can't keep up. So I I think the working out part is, is big. Right. And, and the biggest thing about nationals that I will say about the working out is it's three days. So it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not the shooting part. Isn't really what's exhausting. It's the three days of being out of town, three days, hanging out with your friends, shooting the shit, going to restaurants, being out late at night, you know, and I'm, I don't drink. So, so that's never an issue. I don't, I don't drink and stuff at at national. So I don't get wasted or hammered the night before, but you know, just being up late at night, hanging out at the house, shooting the shit. So if you're physically not up to par, that'll catch up. Right. I mean, those are all things that are outside of your normal of your everyday shooting. So, and what I mean by everyday shooting is like when you go to matches on the weekends, you don't, you usually go to lunch and that's it. Everybody separates and goes home, right? They, they go oh, yeah. back to their normal day. Well, you're not at nationals for three days. You're at nationals for five days. Yeah. I mean, we were at area six, I think for what, three days. Right. And you shot two days for that. No, we oh, shot Tyler and I shot one day. You guys shot one day. Yeah, that's right. I for, okay. I forgot about that. That's right. So I would have been thinking ahead. I would have shot the multi-day, but I wasn't. So, so what is your, what, what are you thinking that is, or what is your plan or what do you kind of have set up? Obviously before we have this conversation, what did you have set up or planned to kind of get ready for physical wise? No, just kind of like, what do you expect? What do you feel like? I mean, we haven't really talked a whole lot about preparation, yeah. But what do you feel like is important? Have you talked to anybody else other than me uh, about talked, match prep or? Well, match, I've talked to you guys and I've, I mean, it's always a conversation. You watch other podcasts and it's on there, but I've never done it myself, especially for a multi-day match. So it's one of the things that I think at our club, at Belton Gun Club, we have the USPSA match one day and then we got the Steel Challenge match the next day. I know it's not the same, but I'm going to shoot both matches for two months before that when I can, just to kind of get it because I'm going to be tired from setup, then going to be tired from the USPSA match, and then shooting that Sunday, it's just going to let me know really how I deal with the mental and physical ex- exhaustion that's going to be there. So, and how to combat it and get the best out of yourself while you're doing it. And so then, right now we're about three months out. So you're, yeah. you started about, la- you started last month to start prepping. Yeah. I so, mean, I started thinking about it. I'm starting it this month, to be honest. So what did you start from? What did you start last month? Um, started thinking about what I need to do to get in shape. Um, 
start eating better, cutting sugar, and I'm not going to say caffeine, but cutting sugar out of my diet. So I'm not riding the highs and lows throughout the day. What about practice? Have you changed anything in your practice? Oh, well, definitely. I mean, we we just got done with your class, what, three three weeks ago? Yeah. And that's changed so. it a lot. And I'm having to go back to some fundamentals so I can get that down and then and keep that while I'm keeping the effort up there to make sure all that's going. And then it's going to have to be the using locals as your practice sessions also. But like, I think it was you when we talked one time that like the month before the locals have to become a national. That would be like me. All of August, <laughs> everything you shoot, you have to treat like you're going to shoot at nationals because up the next two months, I'm going balls to walls. 11 mics, fuck it. I don't care. Oh, yeah. oops. But anyway, I mean, I don't Dude, care. You're, on, you're on the Tom Castro podcast. I know. They know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, know. I think but they yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, if I get the mics, I don't care. I want to get that time, that effort, and let it start coming to me. And then as I get there, I can start focusing on the other. I mean, they're not little things, but where are you going to place your feet and all that when it comes with it too? So, yeah. Tyler, what about you, man? What is your... What is your national preps? I mean, have you started national prep yet? I mean, I, what I started doing a couple months before is I do that same thing you do. I start treating all the locals like a major match. I don't say nationals. I just say major, I guess, but, but I try to treat them all the same anyway. Um, and I, I just, I'm always trying to stay fit. You know, we practice and uh, we practice at least once a month and, you know, I've been training people and I usually get some practice sessions in, like even when I'm training people sometimes. And then just, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta, I always try to remember to pace myself at those bigger matches because, you know, you shoot all day and then you gotta get back to the Airbnb, clean your stuff, maybe do some dry fire again and then wake up and do it all over again. So try not to, I try to always remember it's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I don't burn myself out on like the first day. Do you have uh, any kind of like training regiment that you follow or that you've like set up to where it's something where it's, I don't want to say written down on paper because I don't do that either. I just, I know what I need to do, but do you have a specific, like I need to go practice every week. Um, I need, I want to shoot about this many rounds or when I go to practice, this is what I need to feel before I'm happy. I mean, any of that, or is it just, practice like okay i'm gonna go to the range i'm gonna shoot my locals but i'm treating them more specifically for major matches like i'm looking for the hits plus the speed not just burn it down and try to learn new techniques or i mean what what is your what does it look like in that aspect do you have anything like that you work you look at well so i mean obviously recently we just got done with your class and uh so i've been trying to work on a lot of new things trying to add things to my you know utility belt if you will and uh I don't know. I mean, so at the locals, I'll rewatch my videos. You know, I'm, I'm a, a perfectionist, so I, I really watch them, see where I made mistakes in my mind, even if other people don't think they're mistakes. And that's what <laughs> I focus on at practices, like right. until I feel like I got it like nailed. And then just especially um, I've been a little lax on the dry fire recently, but usually right before I major, at least a month before I start dry firing, like almost every day for at least 15 minutes. Yep. And it, you know, and sometimes they, I think it's going to be 15 and all of a sudden an hour happened. And then, so lots of just, just trying to get those fundamentals right. And then just really, I don't have like a round count in my mind, but usually when I practice, it's like, 
I better be going through like four to 800 rounds today. That's kind of usually where my, my mind is at. Well, you're good about consistent dry fire. So I didn't, I didn't think that was really going to be an issue. I just didn't know if maybe your training techniques, uh, like before you got ready for a match, if you had a regiment to where you're like, all right, this is what I do. Yada, yada, yada kind of thing to where you're set up to where you have a certain amount of practice that you have set up certain amount of ammo that you expect to use those kind of things. So before we, before we move on, I want to start with what everybody is here. So Todd is a B class, uh, shoots carry optics. Tyler is a master that shoots production slash carry optics and actually just switched over to the red dot about a month ago. It's probably closer to two now. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's not consider area six an opportunity because your dot blew off. So <laughs> hey, I got to learn sometime. You know, Tyler's, Tyler's dot made it about three stages. If that, we would call it that foot <laughs> flying off the gun. So, and then we have Craig who is now a master in PCC who has shot shit every year he's gone up into class so uh craig what is what is your training regimen because i we talk a lot uh, actually i talk to all of these guys a lot so but we just don't have specific like hey what's your training for nationals we haven't had that conversation this year what are you doing this year for for your training this year um well let me let me stop you for a second what was your training like when we first met and what is your training change to now, obviously you're a master. So things have obviously changed in your shooting level. Cause you were a B class when we met and in the last three years have went from B a to master, you know, every single year. So mm -hmm. in every year you have jumped up a classification. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Thinking back, uh, I think as a B class shooter, you don't hey, know. Lower, I'm so, let me stop you for a second. Lower your mic just a little bit. Go ahead. How about now? There you go. Uh, when I was a B, you, you, you kind of don't know what to practice. Um, you don't know how to be your own coach a lot of times, and you don't know how yeah. to be critical um, of yourself. So it's like uh, you, that, that's a learning curve. So you, you don't know what you don't know. You know, so I, I would say B class was more like stumbling, fumbling through stuff, trying to figure out what I needed to, you know, what I needed to do, what I didn't know what to do, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw you cannot have a serious conversation in this conversation. Todd just message, can you have a bigger watch, Craig? While we're having this really intense national I have conversation. To, I have to compensate. I gotta compensate for something, man. I knew I should have I knew I should have canceled awesome. the chat, damn thing. Um so uh now, uh, looking at A and coming up in the master, um, I think that what's changed a lot is um, is when I set up stuff, like I can sit there and now uh, looking back, I can run through stuff and I can sit there and go, okay, I can diagnose issues, look at video, take video of myself, see what's going on, see what I got to fix. Um, and then I know I have the, I have the skill sets in my head to readjust stuff and, and fix it as opposed to before as a B class, I, I just kind of didn't know, you know, um, plus I just started shooting. Um, so then, you know, getting, working yourself up to, you know, getting, getting spun up for a match. Um, basically, you know, I do dry fire all the time. I just try to do as much as I can. Um, I, I don't sit there and do three hours of dry fire. As a matter of fact, I maybe do maybe 40 minutes or 30 at the most, and then I'm done. You know, but I have the advantage to where I'll go to the PD range and I'll just, it's a big empty bay and, uh, you know, and I'll set stuff up there and I won't shoot around. I'll just move, practice moving, practice entering, exit, 
position, stuff like that. So, you know, I have that advantage, but um, getting spun up for a, a big match, there's a lot that goes into play with that. Not just that, you know, I know Todd's been mentioning about, he's not, you know, he wasn't sure about, you know, a multi-day match. I would say one of the biggest things is uh, getting enough sleep is, is probably to me a huge one. And you got to be disciplined to make sure you get the sleep. Don't hang out and all that stuff, because when you hang out, it's going to degrade you for the next day. So like if you're staying up too late, you know, it's going to suffer. You're going to suffer. So hydration and sleep to me is huge. And because that's going to help with your mental focus. Um, you know, as far as like, um, what do I do differently? Like, I, like what Tyler was saying, like, especially the, the month or two before, um, I'm going to the range a lot more. I'm doing, you know, I, I go to Homestead Training Center. I'll just train by myself and just run through stuff. Um, you know, my availability to get to regular matches is not as much as you guys can. So, um, you know, I try to do as much as I can on my own. And uh, that's where I'm at with that. I mean, there's a, obviously there's a lot more, man. I mean, you know, you could sit there and talk about the, all the little, you know, minutiae stuff, you know, like just the movements and everything else. And, you know, but there, there'll be like one day, here's a great example. Um, one day at Homestead, I just practiced straight swingers for, you know, three hours or two and a half hours. I blew 400 rounds just on swingers over and over and over and over and over again. Um, just because the match I'm shooting coming up is swinger heavy, you know, movement heavy. So, um, that's what I did. So, you know, so that's just one example. Your Nats is in October, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be snowing, but you got to prep for that anyway. But oh, I you start no. actually, I before? heard, uh, I, you know, since we're talking about it, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I got a message from a guy who lives in the area and he said that it doesn't snow there almost at all. So uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm ready to go. Let's go to nationals. I, I don't want to talk about the stupid yeah. I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. I just want to go shoot. Yeah. It's all I've ever yeah. wanted to do. I, I'm kind of tired of the bashing of the USPSA. Um, I, I'm not hundred percent happy with the way things are done, but man, listen, I'm done with it. I just want to shoot. So since we talked about it, I wasn't even going to talk about it because I don't give a shit anymore. Well, I, I just want there. to, no, no, but we, you have to kind of go there because it is yeah. part of what's going on in our sport, but I, I just want to shoot. And I think everybody needs to go back to understanding that this is fun. We're supposed to be having fun. We're, we don't go there because of the USPSA board. We don't go there and shoot because who's president. We go there to hang out with our friends and shoot some shit as fast as we possibly can and do stuff that your average person can't do. That's what I go to nationals for. I don't go there because the bathrooms are the best uh, or, or they have the best roads or the best trophies or I go there for the competition and hang out with my friends. That's what I go for. So I'm just, I'm kind of over the bullshit that's going on right now in USPSA. I just want to shoot, have a great time, put on good matches and shoot with my friends. I'm just, I'm, I'm so over it, man. I, I mean, listen, you, the internet is filled with negativity right now about our sport and it shouldn't be. That's all that it is, dude. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. This is a great sport, man. That's listen, all that it is. Things should everything. be, everything should start to look, you should be looking at this sport as it's not perfect, but there isn't a sport in this world that's perfect. You go to the NFL, NBA, any of those, and there's negativity, right? Let's go have some damn fun again. I, I just, I, I don't care. I, you know, this weekend I had a class in Illinois, and we didn't talk about it one time, and it was awesome. Because you know what? Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> when you're on the range, nobody really talks about this shit. But when you're not, it, that's when it comes up. But Well, and it shouldn't be. It should just be... Yeah. Let's just shoot, right? Like, that's what we're doing out there. All right, so back on topic. Back on topic. So back on to what I was asking. Go ahead. 
Craig, have you started prepping for your Nats yet? Okay, so here here's my deal. I'm I'm actually leaving Friday. I'm going to Czech Republic to shoot a, a massive match over there. Oh, we had he had to get it in there. We always talk about it goes that. along oh, with the prep man. bonehead. Freaking so it's a three day. It's a three day match. You're shooting. It's thirty stages, and you're shooting ten stages a day. Hey, turn your oh. mic down more, bro. Me? Okay. Yeah, you're way up. Sorry. You're so a lot of editing. <laughs> that's all right. How about, can you hear me? Well, I can hear you too much. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so I've been I've been working up for that, and it's kind of like a a Nats. You know, I mean, it's their European whatever. It's a massive match. There's almost a thousand shooters or whatever. So oh, I, I've been um, I've been really um, training hard for that. Doing a lot of dry fire, trying to get to the range as much as I can. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to the range tomorrow to shoot. You know, and you know, round count we talked about. I'm I'm trying to do at least four or five hundred rounds there. But I don't I, I don't I don't um I don't apply a number because if they're quality rounds, three hundred is great. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh yeah, five hundred just launching rounds for no reason does doesn't do crap for me. Um. So like, and I use the example of practicing swingers. The match I was talking about is this match is a lot of mover heavy. You know, there's lots of swingers and stuff like that. So I had one full day of doing that. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of just shooting on the move, things like that, um, dialing everything in because it's going to be my last time I shoot before I fly out. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I've said it on other podcasts. To me, ment the mental prep to me is the hugest thing. Mm -hmm. So I and and we talked about you mentioned snow, whatever. My mentality is going to be, I don't give a damn what I got to do. I'm going to shoot the best I can. And I don't care what, I'm going to roll with the punches. If anybody thinks that they can go to any major match and not have any problems at all, nothing's going to go wrong. You know, they're crazy. So you've got to be able to roll with the punches, whatever that is. You may have a spring break. You know, how many people do we know that just collapse when one little thing goes wrong? You know, and like, oh my God, my match is done. You know, so, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, and, and none of us can do that. You shouldn't be doing that. First off, we're doing this for fun. No one's getting paid to do this, you know. So, um, so I'm I'm just rolling with the punches and whatever happens, and that's what that's my mentality. So that's how I've been getting spun up. So I think this match, and the, I was looking at this match. You know, I've never been to Europe to shoot, but I think it's going to be a great experience and a great springboard for Nats. So yeah, that'll yeah. carry me through summer, and you know, I think I'm going to be really rolling throughout the summer, and then October is going to come, and I'll you know, I think I'll be ready to go. There's a couple other majors. I think I'm shooting New Mexico and then Area 8. Me and Tom are shooting. Um, so I, I think this is going to be nothing but a good thing. It's And, you know, and that's whatever, man. I, you know, it's just everything's negative, dude, on the freaking Internet now. Every damn thing is negative, on, on especially on Instagram. Um, yeah, let's not talk about it. Who cares? Like yeah. I said, I, I'm, I'm over them, dude. Uh, like, let's go shoot and have fun. I mean, uh, I, I, some of the complaints are legit. But like the 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 fact that you can get in trouble with law enforcement is legit. But I, I just want to shoot. I, I don't care. Like no. let's go. Uh, let's just shoot. So yeah. all right. So Todd, do you have you had a couple of questions that you kind of sent me? So uh, I, let's talk about the. I really want to talk about before the match because that's really what's important right now because we haven't even got to the nationals. Right. We'll go in. Yeah. I want to kind of do this in a series here throughout this podcast. Let's talk about what you do or what we do when we go to major matches. So Todd, you're kind of going to, you haven't been to one. So we're going to, it's probably going to just be me, uh, Tyler and Craig kind of talking about the different ways that we do it. So I'll kind of give you a little example of how I do my match prep before nationals. So I make sure that before nationals, 
I try to practice at least two months out once a week. And I mean, live rounds. And last year I changed some things before nationals that really helped me. I would, I guess two years ago, I would really practice. I would set up stages. Um, I would just do a lot of wasteful things. I was setting up stages, doing practices that were just kind of stupid. I wasn't really setting up for execution. I was setting up to get better. And at some point in your shooting, you have to accept who you are as a shooter before a match. That your, your getting better time is over, right? There's, there's going to be a period that you're going to have to go, okay, listen, I have to switch over from, from getting better to, to execution mode. And when you do that, you have to just accept what you are. So in other words, if you can't move and shoot, you should not move and shoot at nationals. If you can, or you have confidence, or you feel like you can execute it, 100% you should do it. You should never eliminate something in your stage plan because of negativity, right? If you think you can do it, you need to just execute it. Because if you have something positive in there, you're going to crush it. But I see so many people that their training, it goes all the way up till the day they leave for nationals. And it's like, wait, 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 are you training to get to, to execute and like shoot to your level? Or are you training to try to learn how to shoot and move the day before you leave? And you just started a week ago. <laughs> Very true. So, you know, I see that a lot. So there is a point before you go to nationals that you cannot keep pushing. You have to, uh, I don't want to say dial back because I don't ever really dial back. I just shoot more focus. I, I focus a lot more on execution than I do on speed. And that reason I say that is because I'm already fast. Now, if you're a turtle and you shoot slow, mm, <laughs> that's a, that's a different story because you're probably going to get your butt kicked because you're not going fast. So I'll say it out loud. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to admit it, but I'll say it out loud. I'll be that guy. The guy that wins C class is actually a B class shooter. The guy that wins B class is actually an A class shooter. The guy that wins master is actually a GM. And the guy that wins GM is the biggest sandbagger of them all. No, I'm just kidding. He's a GM. The guys that win their division are not usually the classification that they are. And it's not that they sandbag. So don't take that that way. It's not that. It's not that they sandbag. It's just that the small fish from every little city or club or town comes and shoots. You got to have one big fish in each division. I've been sandbagging for years then. Well, I will say... You suck because you can't shoot a classifier standing and shooting. You're garbage. <laughs> so it's fun. It's hilarious because that's because, but it's just funny. That's how it is. It's just, you can't just, you can't seem to execute it, but you certainly are trying. And I still think that's your problem. You try too hard. If you just said, screw it, I don't give a shit. I guarantee you'd hit that GM run that you're looking for. But because you try and you want it, don't ask me how I know that because I was that guy. It happened to me with PCC. I fought and fought and fought and I missed. My goal was to be GM in a year with PCC and I missed it by a week. The very next freaking weekend, 
I went out and I said, well, my goal was ruined anyway. I didn't hit it. And I hundred percented it. The next six classifiers after that were hundred <laughs> percent. So I was like, oh, I guess I, the key here is just don't give a shit, you know, and it works out. Okay. Yeah. But he, he deleted some stuff too. Ah! <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, USPSA insight. Hit yeah. me up, baby. Hit yeah. He deleted, up. he deleted stuff. He deleted it. USP, I, I was, I was dragging the shit out. Now of it. I was going to be an investigation. Now I just said that I'm going to be a full blown investigation. Yep. So we'll find out uh, who USPSA insights is now. That that's how I recommend the prepping for nationals is you have to eventually know where and when you have to turn the dial down. And, and again, I don't want to say turn the dial down, but it has to go from I'm learning to I'm executing. Right. And, and, and that's, uh, there was something that switched for me in my training. When I, I sat down with JJ one weekend and he was out training during actually during the week. And I happened to come by and I said, Hey man, do you mind if I, I jump in, uh, I, you know, I just want a few rounds here or whatever. And I jumped in with him and, and he taught me that instead of shooting a bunch of runs in a row, you need to shoot one run of that specific setup or drill once and then change it. Never run the same thing over and over and over again, because eventually you get better and better and more comfortable. So one of the things I changed in my coaching as well was, Exactly that. When you're doing drills, do it a million times over and over and over and over and over again so that you can get that muscle memory and you're starting to learn new things. But when it's time to get ready for a match, you never run the same stage over and over again. That's why I stopped doing stages because what I started doing now is I put up all hardcover, almost no open paper. I'll throw some in there, but almost all hardcover. And I'm working on going as fast as I can see. I'm using, I want to see my sights, my grip, my, my trigger prep. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for, and obviously alphas. And if I'm shooting a bunch of Charlies, I need to find out what am I seeing? Why am I just pulling the trigger? But I never run the same run more than once. So if I have four pieces of steel um, and, and two pieces of paper out there, uh, then, okay, I, run, I go two uh, paper, steel, steel, steels, paper, switch it up right after that. I'll go paper, steel, paper, steel, steel. I'll, I'll change it all up. I never run the same thing twice. The other thing I do that I, I don't, I never really talked to JJ about this, but this is kind of what I did for myself. I always shoot a raise of eight, eight to 10 rounds at the most. I never stand up there with my carry optics and just crank out a bunch of rounds because that's not what we do. You're yeah. going to see a raise of eight, a raise of 10. I want to yeah. keep it as realistic as I can. Now, one yeah. thing he did or that he didn't do in that specific class that I do do, I throw a shit ton of movement in my class or in my, in my practice during that time. So even though I'm not running the same run ever twice, I will throw movement in on specific things and I'll change up the way the arrays are. I'm working on footwork. I'm, I'm really working on the way I shoot and my execution. Uh, I throw a, a, quite a bit of long distance in while I'm practicing for nationals. And this is not getting better mode. This is I'm prepping for like, if it, I left tomorrow, I have shot and I'm ready for nationals. So when I walk away from that practice, I am like, there is nothing they can give me that I'm not ready for. One last thing about my specific way I get ready for nationals is before my practice is over, I go up to 10 yards and I hose the shit out of whatever I'm putting up. And the reason I do that is confidence. So if I'm back there shooting a bunch of 25 yard shit and I might have a few misses here and there, 
but I'm still crushing it like I should be because you're going to miss guys. I hate to tell you, you're going to miss some shit at 25. You're going to miss some stuff during these drills. It's, it's just like a major match. You're going to make some mistakes. There's no difference. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for the majority of my hits to be in the A. I'm going to have a few Charlies. I'm going to have a few hard covers. I just want to make sure that, first of all, I called those hits and that I know where I, what my mistakes were. Not just calling the hits, because sometimes you're not going to see it. It's real close. But I want to know what those mistakes are so I can go, okay, I need to clean that up, maybe slow down, maybe just prep a little bit longer on that and not just sling around. But when I get closer, I cannot explain to you the amount of confidence that I gain at the end of a practice going to 10 to 12 yard targets and just letting it rip. Now, I don't mean shooting a bunch of bad shitty hits. You're still shooting alphas, but getting up there in that super confident zone, right? Like to where when you leave, they're like, I am going to crush this match. Yep. So uh, do you, any of you guys do that? Any of you guys get closer at the end of practice and really like get that feeling of, man, I'm going to rip. I start with it too, to kind of warm myself up, get rid mm -hmm. of that anticipation. Like, you know, I just, I'll do a couple of build drills and then Blake drills just to like, just send it and get like warmed up. And like, then I start practicing those things. And then I like what you said about the execution thing. Cause I, I guess I didn't really ever think of that word before, but they're like when I'm practicing before majors, a lot of my practice is I'll focus on stuff that I was messing up on matches, but then I focus on things that I know I need to be able to execute well. Right. Um, so I do both those things at the practices. Well, Tyler's got a list when we're carpooling together too, that he'll send me of all his majors before all the majors and we'll go through and we'll talk through this entire list of like 20 different points of stuff that he's learned. I put it, I called it my uh, pro shooter's mindset. And I just have like things I try to think about before and during a match as it's going on. So for me, you have to do what works for you. But for me, I try not to think about anything that happened before. I try not to think about any of the things that I wasn't good at at another match or things I needed to repair. I, I am only focused on executing what I see. A lot of people talk about matchbooks. I don't like, I look at every matchbook, but I'm only looking for specific things before a match. I'm looking for, is there a low port? Do I have to lay down on something? Am I, am I going to be shoot 40 yard steel? Like those kind of things where like, Oh, I don't really practice 40 yard steel. Maybe I want to throw a few of those in. Uh, the other thing is the other thing I'll add real quick is when I practice, I start my practice. I don't want to start off at 20 yards. I start off at 15. Tyler, my thing with starting off really close and getting warmed up, your stage one at nationals, you might not be warmed up. So you have to be ready when it's time. Now, that being said, most of the time you have a warm up at nationals, which, you know, that's, they should, in my opinion, but not always. So I try to make sure that I can go out there and execute that with a dry fire, make ready. Right. So I will spend a little time before I shoot at dry fire, make ready. You only have one time really that you're cold, right? That stage one is the first one where that your mind's like, Oh, I guess we're shooting today. Right. Like, <laughs> you're never cold. so yeah. Cold. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's <laughs> just kind of the way where you stop being cold though. Right. That's just kind of where I think of it. You know, like I try to, I try to make it as close to as if I was going to run that match 
the day I was on, like, that's my stage one of day one, day two, day three. Right. I mean, listen, it's, it's, everybody has their own way of doing things and you're a very, very good and successful shooter. So it's just the way I've, uh, this is what we're doing this for. I need, I want people to understand it's not one way that right. My way is a way, not the way. So I want everyone to kind of feel that or like understand that there's more than one way to do things that, and this is why I brought Craig on and you Tyler, because Todd is a great example of most shooters are probably like Todd. He, they, he hasn't had the experience like we all have to go out to nationals, travel to those big matches and just shoot three stages in a, in three days is a lot or three match three. You're basically shooting three matches in three days. Mm-hmm. It's very nerve wracking at first. Yes. But then you, once you do it a few times, it's like, it's just like another match, but you're just making sure you execute everything as best you can. And, uh, you know, sometimes you go to Tom's, you know, mag pouches on last match and loosen them up. <laughs> so that way you get that edge. Oh man. He's giving me shit because the production match that we met at, I ran the same stage twice while I was under the clock the first time, the first beat, cause I dropped all my mags at the back. So I had to run all the way back to go get my mags. <laughs> At that point, I knew Nationals was over. But uh, it, so I had a fun. I'll tell you what, I had a great time. I, I um, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I got to see if I can find that video. Maybe I'll try to put it in here because it's uh, it was a pretty fun experience. Like, I, I mean, I I ran the same stage twice, but it was just me running around like a maniac trying to go run and find bullets on the ground. But it was fun, man. I didn't know mics on that stage. And that was all I cared about at that point. So. But uh, sorry. So Todd, g- next question. Sorry. I wanted to get, make sure we started with the match prep because that was really big. Cause I, I don't oh, yeah. think a lot of people talk about match prep enough. Well, and um, Craig hit on it too. It's, and I believe it. the mental prep is just as much as the physical and your match prep. And you got to know, I guess. And I kind of like what you said, where the month before you go practice, more and you do the things that you're good at so you are confident in that when you get to the match you're not trying to push like right now when i get to a match i'm all about push 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 and let's let everything catch up i gotta roll that back in them like in august august 1st i don't think you'll have to if you just keep pushing you will find the level that i've talked to you about you just haven't had enough time it's been three weeks so just keep pushing. I pr- I'll tell you when to slow down. <laughs> Tyler, so, Tyler will tell you when to slow down. <laughs> so one thing I was gonna gonna add, um, as far as prep, you know, for practicing for Nats. And Bro, you're for big do a, do a half dial turn. Like your mic is so loud. Really? Wow. I yeah, mean, keep, I all keep the way going. down. Keep going. Not much. Okay. How about all now? Right. There That's we go. Good. Um. I know that we all whispers and then he and then he talks really well. So I know we talk about the 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 matchbook. I try to like um I try to mimic at least some of the target presentations. You know, like uh you may have certain you know mic no not mic no shoots, but no shoots, hardcover, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll try to put them at distance and see, you know, and 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 see where my dot's gonna be on those targets, where I'm hitting exactly on the move. You know, if I know that I can address it, if you can't do it on the move, it is what it is. But um, I'll try to practice targets at different distances. <laughs> That's awesome. Oops, sorry. Awesome. Didn't mean to yeah. mute you. <laughs> yeah. 
Is this still loud? Is this still loud? <laughs> You're all right. I think it's okay. I'm just breaking your chops. <laughs> all he's doing is making more work for himself. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm leaving it muted. I don't give a shit. More, uh, <laughs> more, more Look how I messed him up. Look. <laughs> um, so, about practicing. So one of the things, back to the Ipsic match, you can't walk stages, which, you know, it is what it is. So I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to look at the matchbook and see, okay, there's hardcover, the no shoots at this distances. It looks pretty far away. So I'll try to practice that. I'll try to practice certain target arrays and see, all right, I can, you know, I can address this thing on the move or I, I know where my dot's going to be, you know, dot offset, all that stuff. So, um, you know, trying to, I'm not, and, and I'm not a proponent of sitting there studying the damn matchbook to the point of, you know, what's going to hurt you, but you can use it and it can be an information source especially with practicing and getting certain target arrays. That's the only thing I would add with that. And, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to harp on that because I don't want people to sit there and look at a matchbook and memorize and have all their stage plans from a stupid matchbook, which is crazy. No, it's, I've, I've know people that have done that. They'll look at that's it. I'm crazy. like, what happens when you get to the match? And it's totally different because that's crazy. we all set up matches here. We know what's on paper is never what's on the ground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty bad when you, uh, when you expect that the matchbook is going to give you everything you need, like it's, I think it's a good tool to use, but it's also, you should be looking for specific things out of the matchbook, especially for nationals, because one of the stages that I use in my class is from nationals. It was a great stage on paper. Great state. I was like, this has everything that we could ever use at nationals this or at a match this thing's awesome like it was such a great design uh, i think jake martin's designed it. it was really really good then they put it in a double bay nowhere near what i thought it was going to be <laughs> i mean what's that we used that one on bay one in our first class right yes yes love that stage and i i i have used it numerous times and i was just like this thing's awesome and then i was like i get to the match and i'm like this is terrible but it wasn't like the stage design was fine. It was just, they had to fit it in there. So when they fit it in there, it changed the whole design of the stage. So if I would have set that up at home and said, all right, man, cool. I'm going to build this and put all this together. And, and now I'm going to get ready to shoot this thing. Well, guess what? Now it's not even close right now. It's a straight run down the middle. You're not able to go back left and right and all these different things. And the heart, the lane was much harder than it was on paper when it looked like it. There was just, it was a completely different stage the way it was put down on gr the ground. So to sit there and get all wrapped up in specific things like that, it's not, it's not good. Plus, I think that's one of the reasons why they take so long to put the matchbook out anyway. So you can't really set those up, right? You don't have enough time to really sit down and, and set them all up and, and practice them and, and kind of, I don't want to say cheat because listen, unless you're shooting the exact same stage. Yeah. And you crush it every single time you get on there, which no one does. It's not cheating, right? You have to be able to perform when it's at the match. It doesn't matter what it does when you're at home. Who cares how many times you got a great hit factor at home? All you have to do is have a jam or have a mistake. And now your hit factor goes to shit and you spend all that time practicing it. So it, you still have to execute it when you see it. It doesn't, it's, there's, it doesn't do anything. You know, you could take that stage and practice specific things out of it. I don't know how many times I've built a stage uh, for practice, even before nationals. And I will break that stage up in sections. And I'm like, all right, I want to enter and shoot on this, on the move. I want to shoot this steel. I want to run in here as hard as I can enter in on that steel, be settled and, and crack that 25 yard shot off as soon as I land in the opening. 
but I'm not shooting the whole stage, right? I'm working on specific things that will take me to, uh, to be successful while I'm shooting the whole match, right? Because I mean, I've talked about this, I don't know how many times in my classes, this sport is the same thing over and over and over again. It's just disguised differently. How many times have we entered on a piece of paper? How many times have we shot a piece of steel through a port or uh, you know, an activator or a swinger? It's all the same shit. It's just disguised differently in different ways. It's the same damn stuff. So when people make mistakes, it's the same mistakes over and over and over again. It's just trying to, like, sometimes it's hard to explain that to people because like, bro, but I missed this and I missed that. And I'm like, look, you just crushed out on the stage before. And then you came over here and didn't do it. Why? Not because you weren't good. It's because you didn't focus. <laughs> and, and, you know, people were like, oh man, that stage was so hard. I'm like, it's the same damn stage we shot next door. <laughs> it was just put in a different direction, but it's the same skill set, shooting, moving, all those things. And, you know, it sounds easier when you say it out loud like that, but, and I know it's not, but it is the same shit over and over and over again. And so when people make well, it really difficult, it's not. You know what though? You're not wrong though, Tom. I mean, it is, is that simple. As long as you can stay focused and just take one stage at a time, one target array at a time, one target at a time, one alpha hit at a time, that's an entire match. You know, the problem is a lot of people would sit there and try to take it all in at once. And that's the problem. But you're, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're more right than, you know, you know, I think it's, if you can just, it doesn't matter how many stages you're shooting, one stage at a time. You know, one, one, one target at a time, one alpha at a time, and just focus on that. And before you know, you're going to be like, man, I just shot 25 stages. Holy crap. You know, it's really that easy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really that easy. As long um, as you stay focused. Exactly. Yep. So one of the things that uh, Todd brought up in one of the questions that wasn't ridiculous, some of these things are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'll start off with physical prep. So for me, a couple of different things. I've been working out a lot. So I'll kind of just give a quick tip on how I physically have been training. I do a ton of weightlifting with cardio. I don't do cardio by itself. I hate it. It's not my favorite thing to do. I started running one mile every single time, every day of the week, five days a week, not every day, five days of the week. So I'm forcing myself to run. Why? Because I hate it. I absolutely hate running. It hurts me. It physically sucks. And I don't know you guys that love it, but good for you. It's not, my body was never designed to run long distance. I'm a sprinter and I've always have been, but because of that, I'm forcing myself to run a mile to gain that endurance and also the physical beating that it does to my body. I'm trying to toughen my body up a little bit. So for me, I do a lot of weightlifting and I do everything in a hit manner. So I, I'm always doing type cardio slash workouts. I, I, I do four rounds and I put the workout is uh, one workout after another, after another, after another. And I'm doing full body workouts. I never do like bicep curls or do arms all day. I, it's not my thing. I used to be, but it, it you know, I, I don't care about that. I want to be physically better in this sport. I am now go. changing my workout to start adding some agility. I want to start adding agility stuff. So I'm going to start, I push a sled and I, I drag a sled a lot. Um, but I'm going to start adding 
I don't want to say tires because I'm not buying tires, but the agility ropes where you go in and out with your feet, those kind of things, the side to side movement I'm working on, my flexibility, I've changed a lot this year. I'm really working on my flexibility. I've been having some flexibility issues. So I've been trying to work on that. I've been trying to work on the smaller muscles like my hips, working on my knees, the things that really bother me for big matches. Like, and, and the reason they bother me for the big matches is because they're long, drawn out days. Right. When you walk stages, you walk stages for, for, for a whole day, you're out there hanging out, walking the stages, da, da, da. So all those things just add up. And your knees, when you, when you drink sugar, iced tea, my diet, I've stopped doing destroys your knees, man. Well, I stopped doing sugar. You you in particular does that. I've stopped doing sugar. Sugar for me is an inflammation thing. It's inflammatory. It creates inflammation in my knee and it really bothers me. So I stopped doing real sugar. You know, the only sugar I have now is sweet and low in my sweet tea, which is a shit ton of it because these guys give me a hard time for being a crack addict. sweet and low, but do that shit. But hey, listen, whatever. It's better than regular sugar and my body processes it better. So, and I don't hurt after drinking it. So it is what it is. But so that's my physical prep. Tyler, you work out. Do you have anything that you do specifically for Nats or for obviously the sport? I I used to work out a lot. I don't really anymore. Now I just do push-ups and sit-ups before bed. Um, And we have like a couple sets of stairs going through my house. So I just, I make sure I'm, I'm always skipping stairs so it's like i'm doing lunges all the time but yeah. I really i don't um you know i don't really do anything crazy anymore um That's i mean cool. i can't even play soccer now you know yeah just he got hurt your back when you go out and play with your dog you big pansy Tyler pulled his back right before South Carolina sectional and I'm calling him out. He's a terrible friend. He didn't even show up to help build. He's such a <laughs> douchebag. He's smart. Such a douchebag. I mean, smart. just an Very excuse, smart. man. I, listen, I, I wouldn't want to work either. So I pretended to hurt my back also. <laughs> no, he was pretty messed up. I mean, hell, he barely even made it, made it to the class. So yeah, that was, you were bad. You were a couple weeks, weren't you? Well, yeah, like, it's crazy. You know, it was like four weeks, just injuries. The first week, I couldn't even like get out of bed. I couldn't get on the fucking toilet without my wife helping me. It was so bad, <laughs> dude. I, I was so depressed. And then that's crazy. But all this extra work building, you know, walls and shit for Todd to get this. I was so excited for state, and then it was like, uh, why? Yeah. There must have been some reason. I don't know, but yeah. I know it wasn't to let Ryan get state champion. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> he called Ryan out. He had to get Ryan in there. <laughs> you got to freebie this year. Oh shit! Hopefully, he doesn't wear jeans when he wins when he wears that tile around his neck. <laughs> uh, Todd. Uh, so, just for everybody who yeah. doesn't know. If you don't follow me on Instagram or I don't have it on Facebook, but if you don't follow me on Instagram, I have created a workout page on Instagram. It's called one more rep athletics. So if you follow me on Instagram, I usually share it to my story when I post a new one, I've been sharing one or two every week or whatever it is. So I just video my workouts. There is no talking. I don't explain how to do the workout. I am not a professional uh, trainer. My wife happens to be a uh, personal trainer. So she creates all the workouts, but I do not talk about them. I do not give you any kind of tips on how to do things, but I write down everything that I'm doing. I show examples of the videos and they're all one minute long. So it keeps it fast and easy. You don't have to sit there for 35 minutes and listen to me jack my mouth, uh, uh, you know, and tell you about how to do this and all that. Just watch the forum. If you have any questions, hit me up in the messages and I'll try to help you out. But I'm trying not to make it a professional, you know, 
professional thing. Just want to help out everybody. I don't charge anything, but it'll give everybody an opportunity to kind of see what I've been doing to train and kind of get me to the next level physically. This year has been the best I have ever felt in the four years of me shooting. I can't tell you how great I feel mentally, not just the physically, but the mentally it matches. I feel so fresh. I'm never tired. I'm ready to kick ass. Every single time I go to a match, it just has been such a huge difference in my life. It's become an obsession almost though. Like I think about it all the time. And I'm like, come on, let's go train. Let's go train. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. In the middle of the workout, I'm like, man, I need to go edit videos. I need to go to work. I need to do all this shit. So it's not something that I wake up every morning like, yeah, let's go work out. Trust me. I'm just like everybody else. When I'm middle, right in the middle of the workout, I'm like, I got all this other stuff to do. And I still continue on. You have to do it. It's so important, especially if you want to take your shooting to the next level in this sport. Every single national champion in this sport works out. Not one of them don't. I've had a conversation with JJ just two weeks ago. And I said, bro, everybody works out. I feel like that's the biggest gap between me and every single buddy else that shoots. And he goes, every top national level shooter works out. Shane Coley, an absolute beast on the working out. This guy right here does not look like it, but he does. Uh, Max Michelle, he doesn't look like he works out at all. Like he's super skinny and cut. Well, I don't want to say super skinny, but he's just not like ripped or big like some of the other guys, but he's super athletic. The guy has a personal trainer. He works out. He's working on movement all the time. He has very specific training for this sport, but there's a reason those guys win. <laughs> like they are physically and mentally fit to shoot 21 round, 21 stages, sometimes more depend. Like if you're going to worlds, you're shooting 30 something stages, man, maybe more. So you don't win if you're not physically fit. Eric Grafell, super fit. I mean, Christian Seiler, all the top guys, you know, they're all in shape. Casey Eusebio, who kicked my ass at uh, area six. It, it, all those guys are fit and in shape. It, there's, it, there's, it's pretty simple to see it. You don't have to like look around. Just look. There's no big fat asses winning nationals. I'm sorry. Quit I hate for you guys. Us. What's that? Quit fat shaming me. <laughs> and one of the things that I'm starting <laughs> to do is use the Peloton app because you can do, I'm big. I like them to spin stuff because it doesn't hurt my knees because I do have bad knees. And then I'll do, they got like a spin slash uh, boot camp. Let's be I honest. You like, you like the spandex shorts. We got it. Oh, that's it. With the you know, I do not wear spandex shorts. <laughs> so anybody, <laughs> anybody who yeah. knows Todd, yeah. if you uh, could you imagine Todd in spandex, that would be. <laughs> dude, listen, that's, yeah, he that's wears it. assless shorts. <laughs> <laughs> they got the assless the asses cut out. <laughs> only when I'm fighting. He still wears a helmet, one of those really long ones, even though he's not moving. Yeah, he's got it. the long helmet. <laughs> hey, ass cut do out. A, do you have a GoPro on your head when you're riding in uh, like station yeah, bike? <laughs> he's like checking his he's doing the turns you know <laughs> no i'm just like praying from there's a mirror on the other wall so you can see it's right <laughs> all right so um sleep schedule that was kind of a stupid one just go to sleep when you're supposed to no it's not because um, okay look at area six each <laughs> night we stayed up till 11 o'clock midnight every night you shouldn't do that so do I you know, think but I'm I just lost saying that is a that? big thing because you have to start thinking about it now. So when you get there, like Craig said, you're disciplined to go to bed. Because Craig, if I look back at Area Six, who's the only one that went to bed early? Me. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you a question. Hold on. 
if you're, one delta. If you're, <laughs> yeah, it's called, <laughs> he sucks shooting one delta. Should have went to bed <laughs> one minute sooner. So if you are expected, if you go to bed at 12 o'clock every night, then go to bed at 12 o'clock every night. That's if that's your norm. Yeah. You don't yeah. change your sleep Good schedule. Point. That's more important. It's more important to stay on your sleep schedule. If you are a midnight to, to seven or midnight to six or whatever your schedule is, don't change that. Now, obviously, if you're, you're up till two, three o'clock at night, you can't do that, right? You just can't do that. Yeah. You can't, that, that's a different story. But, you know, if you're usually going to bed around midnight, then, then that's what you need to do, right? You got to listen to your body in that aspect. Yeah, but, but Tom, you also said, I think you're the one that said it, like, you know, drinking alcohol the night before you're shooting, that's, come on, man. No. I see it all the time, I mean, man. I, I see it all the time. Yeah. All the time. I'm not going to mention names, and you and I know who. who yeah. You know. yeah, I know who you're talking about. But and then they're mad when they do trash the next day. Like, man, what's the because yeah. I spent all this time, money, effort to get there. Why am I going to ruin it and shoot my first three stages hungover and then my match is done? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to do that personally. But uh, again, I dude, a lot of people do this for fun, right? So yeah. if their fun is it's to okay. go hang out with the boys, get drunk, yeah. and then go the next day and expect, and then but it's just funny, those same guys are the ones that bitch and complain about how shitty they did. Yeah. So yeah, I just kind of laugh at those, right? <laughs> it, it almost seems like a defense mechanism, you know, like they're oh, of course, uh, dude. Know, listen, you if know. you can have a built-in excuse at all times in life, it's pretty oh, easy man. to live life. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's pretty yeah. easy to have a built-in excuse yeah, in this sport, you know, Oh, my gun broke or, you know, there's always something that you could, yeah. Oh, I didn't practice. That's the number one complaint. That's the number one excuse I hear is, Oh man, I didn't practice or I didn't get you sleep the night before or, or whatever. I mean, listen, it's here. Yeah. That, they're that hate me. Cause I say that shit all the time. Like, dude, I don't, <laughs> I had to tell one guy at the last match, he was trying to tell me some crap. I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck about your yep. excuses, bro. Just shoot better. Or try yeah. harder. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, there's there's almost no excuse for not having your gun in your hand 15 minutes, of, uh, at least a week. You know, one week of 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. One time. One oh, time for 15 minutes. If you can't pick your gun up, there's something that you are, you're not prioritizing, period. Like, I mean, I call you straight out. If you don't dry fire once a week, that's on you. Tom, right. you can get 15 minutes a day. Get up 15 minutes earlier and dry fire 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Listen, I, I, yeah. I'm going to be very nice on this podcast. Once a week, <laughs> we'll at enough. least hold your skills. Say, I'll go even further. I almost, even if I don't dry fire, I'm just walking around my house with my gun at all fucking times. Oh, yeah, but all walking around naked life. with your gun doesn't work. He's like, which holster are you looking at? <laughs> That's my PCC. Hey, he, he walks around naked with his gun with a little propeller hat. That's it. <laughs> actually, Tyler would actually look pretty fucking slick with a propeller hat on. I think we got a find him one for the next match because as fast as he runs it would just be <laughs> actually georgia is our next major i think i'm gonna try to make that match guys so All i gotta right. look in i gotta look at my schedule but it's I it's can't. super tight yeah well okay. serious, yeah i was waiting on craig to answer me so i got it on the the podcast instead of I on the can't. text message so that i'm on duty good. and i can't man i can't get oh, all that sucks some of us have more better you know more important priorities so whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, all right. the hobbit gave some excuse about building a house or something so <laughs> in the shire yeah <laughs> 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 all 
Dilberry Baggins. Samwise Gamgee. There you go. All right. You know so, he's going to hate us when he watches it. Uh, that's fine. You know he's going to watch it, too. Oh, that's I why I love him. So, all right. So let's talk about, because uh, actually this is one of the, the a few good questions that Todd actually had. Uh, <laughs> oh. Shooter reset. So Todd has never shot a match because he's a spoiled little biatch without shooter reset. Well, let's rephrase that. His local matches aren't shoot shooter reset, but his level reset. I guess it's true. He doesn't pay. So I guess he is. That is true. He's the match match director status. He feels like he's special. (laughs) I work harder than anybody, but anyway, I've never shot a match. I mean, a major where it's shooter reset. It's always been staff. No, you said it right the first time. Wow. You, you Good reset. Lord. You reset yourself. Yeah, you don't crazy. reset. Because, I mean, the only ones I went to are South Carolina, Area 6, and Georgia and North Carolina. We all do staff reset. It's time to spread your wings. Oh, it's happening, <laughs> but... Tyler, I'm going to find an angel and put it behind <laughs> a little halo for uh, for Todd on this video. I got to find one and put it on there. It's got, I got to do it. It's going to be great. But, oh my god! So it's going to be different because you got to make sure you don't paste early, or you screwed somebody's stage up. Well, if you don't paste at all, like you're used to, then you oh, yeah. don't paste. Yeah, I won't worry about that at all. I'm just going to go reset the steel, so I don't have to. Oh, he's going to be that asshole target. that just stands at the last target hey. and goes. With a okay. long cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, oh my god! That's in awesome. all seriousness, going through three days of resetting—not only shooting, walking stages, and all that—but you're resetting now. That's a ton of extra work on your body. You that is a, a ton of extra work. That is a ton of extra work. Take it really bring Advil. You know, just be smart. You pace yourself. Well, I, my yeah. advice. My advice is to start taking care of yourself now. Like yeah. you're, oh, yeah, you're behind the eight ball already a little bit, right? So start taking care of yourself now. And again, yeah. I don't want to be that guy who sits on a, and preaches about, you know, you should work out, but you should freaking work out if you want to be better in this sport. And not only that, but it's going to make you better off in life. <laughs> I mean, it's not yeah. just a shooting thing. It makes you better off in life. I can't tell you how much better I feel in my everyday life now that I've gone back to training and working out again, it's like, it just makes shooting a joke. Like it makes shooting so much easier when I'm running around. I've seen such a difference in my times. I'm like, wow, I was pretty fast. I thought now I'm doing things and I'm like, and that was terrible. And I'm three seconds faster than most people that I'm shooting against at, at certain at my level. And I'm like, Oh, okay this is working. Like I'm getting it. Like the physical starting to catch up. Now I'm getting stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just, it does make a difference. It really does. But the shooter reset part, I think was a big thing, man. I think that's very important because obviously most people who aren't, you know, spoiled have gone and <laughs> had to reset stages. But I think that's a, that's another one of those things that's left out most uh, of most people's thought process of why am I so tired? Like, I don't, and it's pretty simple guys. We shoot this sport for maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half. It also depends on how good you are. The better you are, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life when it comes to, to a sport, because the better I got, the less I actually shot. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what, what a dumbass! Like the better I got, the less time I actually spent on the range shooting. So and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'll go to major matches and I'm like, wow, 
I shot for a minute, a minute and a half. That was, that was awesome. I was out here eight day, three days and I shot for a minute and a half. That was well worth the thousand dollars that I spent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like a- if you, if you look at it that way. So, and I'm like, man, why am I so tired? I only shot for a minute and a half. It wasn't for that 15 seconds of shooting mm. that I had yeah. per stage. All it was day. because I've been pasting and picking up stages and, and, uh, you know, pa- painting and go, you know, walking to a 35 yard popper and, you know, all these different things that, that all adds up in time, you know, and, and, and beats your body, beats your body up mentally just makes you exhausted from and walking you know, over and over walking stages. We'll get into that. Cause I know you want to talk about it a little bit. So but like, talk, you know, before we, before we go further, like, I mean, even throughout a match, like hydration and just the proper nutrition, like I stay away from the, yeah. the lunch or the meals, but I bring like uh, a trail mix or whatever, you know, but you got to be hydrated throughout the day. I mean, you're, even if you're not in shape, there's a lot of things that you can cut out, like and, and a lot of advantages. Like if you hydrate yourself and have proper nutrition, you can, you can account for a lot of stuff. I'm not saying, you know, it's not gonna, you know, I'm not saying getting in shape's a, a bad thing. That's, that is a huge thing, but you know, it, it, it even just hydration and nutrition will help you big time in the match. Yep. And that's why both of them are on there. And that's why I'm starting to experiment now. I've got those little powders that are like I was talking about that are no sugar and are an energy type drink. And I want to know how they affect me now versus when I'm on the range. Hey, let me try this. That a boy, <laughs> that a boy. I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and it was a great topic because I started adding supplements to my life. And I tried, tried a couple of different things and I've tried them now. I didn't want to try them before the match. I want to try them now. And I'm already noticing a difference in how much mentally they work. Some things work, some things don't. The energy drink that I introduced you guys to when I was there has um, no caffeine in it or a very small amount of caffeine. And, the, and I use it and it doesn't give me jitters. It doesn't make me crazy. It just makes me, it's a nice, easy little bump to get me started for the morning after waking up. Uh, the other thing is never, ever change your diet the weekend before the match or the week, the weekend of that match. If you change your diet to healthy, you are going to have some digestive issues. I promise. Uh, I personally have never done that. Yes. But I know people who might've done that. So I might've cut caffeine out like right before area six, (laughs) like 10 days before area six. And I was fine up until then. But when I reintroduced caffeine and Ate at some sketch places. It was the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so let's us. Tyler. Ate at the sketch places. I was, yeah. Let's just say I had digestive issues. So, Tyler, <laughs> how many times did I say, let's go to the box stores? And Todd's hey. like, oh, that's bullshit. I don't want to go to Chili's <laughs> or someplace where we where everybody has. And I go, Todd. The only reason I want to take this is because it's consistent. You know, the food's going to be good or what oh. it is. You're never going to have to worry about, you know, somebody cooked a cat in the back and, and they sent it out the door and that's what you're eating. And now you're going to have the shits and all this stuff. So lesson so learned, I think. Guess what? I've already looked up at Nats. <laughs> the box Within stores. Ten minutes. We have box stores. <laughs> so I keep telling out. everybody, man. I go to Longhorn. I go to the same places almost every time. You cannot yeah, beat I steak, mean, potatoes, things that you normally eat. Like, and it's consistent. It, other than them never cooking the damn steak. Longhorn, right. Longhorn's dangerous though for us because it's usually like a three-hour dinner. Well, oh, yeah, that I is mean, a problem. Want, every time it is, and it's that's one of the things that gets back to your sleep schedule. You spend three hours at Longhorn. 
Yeah. Now you got to go home, clean your gun, and another hour, and then you're getting to bed at two in the morning. Well, one of us should probably try to be the adult and say, "Let's leave." That's like, usually me. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you really, like. So, right, like, you're not- you guys are acting like Longhorn is the reason we're shooting the shit for three hours. We could go it's home you. and do the same thing. Don't it's don't you. even. Don't even. Don't even. Don't get a word in, so I can't tell you we gotta go. Oh, get out of here! Like Tyler, Tyler pretends to be the quiet one. We all know that isn't happening anymore now that I know him. Yeah. So, Craig, can you come to CEO Nats with us and be our coach? Tell sure. Yeah. You, I need you there for my mental management. <laughs> I'll bring, I'll bring your, uh, yeah, mental man. Can you come? Can you <laughs> come? Uh, I really need you there. Can you come help us walk stages? Oh, no, we're, we're not even going to go there. I, I want to make sure no one jumps on one foot and shoots steel. Like I, I don't want to do that. I want, I want to make sure I don't have the fastest raw time. I'm just checking. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah we're not going just, there just want to make sure you know i might need you there to manage my mental just so everybody knows this has nothing to do with me and tom yes. <laughs> i'm sure everybody knows by now <laughs> all right so uh so shooter reset was good that was a big one uh let's see i want we'll get into walking stages because again this is kind of going into the I think it all kind of lines up pretty good so far. So walking stages, I will let everyone else start with their process. So Todd, you haven't walked nationals, but you've walked stages before. What is your process for walking stages at major matches? I want to walk all the stages at least once. And then you go back and walk it a second time because you always miss something the first time. But that's at like a major match or area six where you got 10 or 12 stages and it's easy to do that in a day but at Nats we're gonna have what one day to walk stages and there's what 24 25 stages probably it's easy to walk them all in one day I promise okay I mean it's not it's not dude unfortunately nationals is like a level two (laughs) okay it's a lot of smaller stages it is it's they're not going to give you 24 it's not South Carolina sectional it's not 30 round stages on every bay. It's not. It's a lot of double bays, a lot of smaller stages, especially Talladega. Um, I think Talladega, there are only 18 stages. I don't even think they went to the 21 or 24. So we, we didn't even get as much as we used to for our money. Uh, but you will have less stages. The other thing is, is you have to look at the range. There's not a lot of, I guess the upper Bay area, there's a lot of what like to get there is time consuming, but you can drive your car when you're walking stages or someone, you can jump on a golf cart a lot of times, but when you are there, the first, the first section and the bottom set and the second section are very close together. So there's not a lot of walking, like you're going Bay to Bay to Bay to Bay and Bay when they double them up. You're talking maybe 16, 18, 24 round stages, nothing. And, and like a lot of them are classifier style. Like, well, welcome to USPSA, bro. This is why some of the people have been complaining. No. 32 round. Well, I, don't, I like I like to make sure – I like a stage if you have to reload once, shoot in high down. It doesn't mean well, that – I mean, if you want, you can just do a mag dump and you can do all the reloads you want. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's no big deal. It's up to you. You can choose whatever you want to do on a stage. But I know, but – I, I, I don't disagree, but there'll be a 
I don't mind some of the stuff where they do like tighter stuff where they're doing multi-bay in one thing. It's just, I don't like that. They have to do that. Right. There's a difference. Like, so when it's, if they had the room on the range that where they could spread it out, I think they would obviously, but they don't at that specific range. So some of the stage designs that they have are really excellent. Like I, I honestly have never really complained about stage designs at nationals. I think they do a great job. I think Jake does a good job on that. Uh, he definitely, they have, he has a good eye for stages. I never feel like Jake builds the same stages over and over and over. Shannon certainly doesn't build the same stages over and over and over again. But that being said, when they put a stage on paper and then they put it in those bays, they don't always line up with how good the stages looks on paper. Oh, right yeah. now. And then you probably have some of that vice versa where the shit on paper looks terrible, but when they put it on the ground, it looks, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun and it didn't look like anything. Right. I mean, that's just part of our sport. Like you're never going to really know until you get out there and start cranking it out. But for, for, so for you, when you walk stages, you go out there, you walk them once and then walk them the second time, right? Generally. Yeah. How long are you on the range? Like, or, oh, let me ask you a question. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. How much detail do you put into your second walkthrough or are you just going there to confirm your first walkthrough? Um, I would not say it's just to confirm it because I want to look at it again, like I'm looking at the first time to make sure what I ha had planned the first time. I It's not only what I think is the best stage plan, but it's a stage plan that I can execute well. If not, is there something I can change to make it where I can execute it more? Now, but, the first time the first time you walk it, do you walk left, right, front to back, back to front? How, yeah. how do you walk a stage? Um, I've started making sure I walk to the very back of the stage so I don't miss anything. And then I'll walk it, uh, even at the locals now we're doing it, where I try it left to right and try the different variations. That way, when we go to a major, you're getting used to it. Before, it was like, okay, there's one way to shoot the stage, let's go. But there's not even the most mundane stages. You can shoot it two or three different ways. You just got to figure out what's the best way. Have you always walked stages like that? No, I've been changing it, especially okay. since Area 6. Okay, good. Because when we walked, and I don't think Tyler had even done it, where we walked the stages for a day, really, before the match, and there was 12, yeah, 12 stages there, and we probably were on each stage four or five times. Yeah. Yeah, I changed a lot at Area 6 from the original walkthroughs a lot. So I, I yeah. did it last year, too. That state, Those matches were there were some major breakthrough changes for me at that match that actually helped me win that match for carry optics last year. So Tyler, what about you, man? How do you, I know, how do you walk stages? Well, uh, obviously I've done a little differently after I met you, but uh, my usual way was try to get there a day early and I would just, I would walk everything just once. And obviously I would, I would walk it what I would perceive to be the normal way, and then I kind of walk around to see if there's any missing targets or hidden things or something. I look at round counts, and then I um, then I'll try. All right, what if I try going right to left? Is there any weird advantages I can get to running around walls or something? If that even helps, or um, and then I just I try to, and I have a photographic memory, so I can just kind of I can take like mental pictures in my head of all the stages. And then I just, I walked, and then a part of that goes into the agility. 
I would always just kind of walk it, get my stage plans and do it once. And then for me, it was always something where I'm trying to pace myself. Obviously, if I jogged all the damn time, then walking, you know, I feel like at Area 6, I felt like I was a little fatigued going into the match because we walked so much the day before where I just was like, like, fuck, dude, I'm getting tired. And granted, there was dot issues and stuff too, but besides all that, I did feel tired because I like, I, obviously I need to exercise more. So walking the stages multiple times, I can see the benefit of it. But before then I would always just walk at once, get a good stage plan. And I would just, I would use the matchbook just to like, remember like, okay, this is stage one, use my photographic memory and kind of remember how I was walking through it. And then um, shoot the couple, you know, four or five stages that day. And then I walk the next couple stages um, that I'm going to shoot the next day after that again. That's usually where I do the second time is all, yeah, on the, after the like first day of the shooting and walk the ones I'm going to shoot the next day. Uh, what, what would you, you said something interesting. I'm kind of want a little clarification, the normal way. So as in like everybody's running left, left to right, right or, front to back or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you went through all the process, just like with Todd, like front, back, left, right, but never just walked up and said, okay, left to right. Right. You walked all of it. Well, yeah, I just want to get like a, a lay of the stage. Right. And then I, and then I'll start to see if there's like better or more ad, advantageous ways of running it. Yeah. Well, Georgia last year was the first time that you actually went the day before, right? Um, it's not. Okay. Yeah. So, so Craig, go ahead. Um, I mean, my, uh, my stage walking experience has been all with you. Um, oh, geez. And <laughs> so I would be like, Tom, what are we, you know, <laughs> how are we running this? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> now I, I know I've gotten way better, um, at walking stages since we first started, but, um, a lot of times, you know, I'll look at I'll, what, I, what I'll do is I'll look at uh, round counts and then I'll look at the different ways things are run. And honestly, um, it's more of what way is going to get me shooting the entire time. And if I have a, if I have to run a certain plan and there's dead spaces in between, it just doesn't feel good. And so now I'm to the point where, man, I walk through, I'm like, that doesn't feel right. You know, there's just so much dead area, whatever. So I'll try to change stuff and look at stuff to where it's going to it's going to get me shooting the entire time. And, and if I can do that the whole time, then I think that I'm, I'm right on. And that, that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's, I know that's, I know that's how Tom looks at stuff, but now I, I've gained more of a, a experienced eye for it. And uh, I wish I could say I'm awesome at it. I'm not, but I'm getting better. And uh, so, uh, you know, making sure I, I've count for every round, but then, Honestly, what's going to flow the best where I'm shooting the entire time is how it should be done. And, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, with PCC, it's a little different because, you know, it, it, different or not, you know, because if I'm shooting the whole time, whether I'm going right to left or left to right, it, it shouldn't matter, you know? So that's kind of how I look at stuff. That's where I'm at now. Do you things. find yourself with your PCC stage planning, taking shots that Tom doesn't take with his pistol because he can? I ask, I ask, so I, I, no um short answer no i love this subject so like <laughs> i'll ask tom like i'll like hey if you had pcc would you shoot this differently you know and a lot of times it's you know most actually most time it's no so but and and then we'll rewalk it a few different ways it's like look you're shooting the whole way your whole time this this way i'm like okay so then it's right to left then it is what it is you know so uh state uh stage four at area six was like that right to left you know um 
So uh, that's honestly the, the the bar to me is if I can shoot the entire time, I don't give a damn which way it is. Honestly, it's going to be right to left. And if it gets me shooting the whole time where I don't have a bunch of dead space in between, you know, um, I think I'm at that level now to where I can, you know, I don't see it all the time. So that's why I'm asking Tom, Hey, you know, how about this, you know, and, and reloads, you know, reloads, throw that out because with PCC, most of the time we're not doing a reload, but usually it doesn't affect the stage plan that much, you know, to where you're really having to change stuff. You know, I don't, I, I don't change my stage plan to, because I have to reload. I changed my stage plan. I changed my stage plan for efficiency. So I will run my stage as if I don't have to reload and then find my reload. I never stage plan about around a reload. I can't stand when I see that. It drives me freaking nuts when I even, see that. Even back when you started in your pod days, did you do that? Or has it changed since then? With my what? Production days. No, I, I still, all right. Well, first of all, in my production days, I sucked. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, no, I, but again, I always planned around my reloads. I just didn't know why. I mean, let me rephrase that. I always stay, planned around shooting, right? The reloads were happening when you had to move anyway. So it didn't matter, right? Like Tyler come from production. He understands. And actually that's a great thing to kind of little segue into that. Tyler came from production. We just did a class together and we started doing a bunch of stage planning. I always do a lot of stage planning in my classes and I was able to pinpoint exactly why Tyler was kind of struggling in a few, like some of his matches that we were talking about with his stage playing It's because he's designing his stage plans for eight reload, eight reload, eight without the reloads. He's looking at the, the stages as in sections to shoot at instead of array, just one array, big, array, yeah, array. one, yeah. He's looking at array, array, array. And I'm going to tell you, and I guess I really have never talked about this publicly, but the way I learned how to break a stage down was as a production shooter. I started with production. So it taught me the ins and outs of how to be detailed about, okay, I have to shoot these eight from here. I have to reload from here, all those different things. And it was like, okay, now this gave me the, the, the bare bones of the sport on how to break it down. Then when I switched over to PCC, I'm like, Oh my God, I never have to stop shooting. Like this <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> and it changed the way I started shooting because now I was like, well, all right, I guess I actually can shoot fast and hit shit. If I don't have to spend 25 minutes regripping my gun or re you know, putting bullets in my gun when I should have been shooting already. Now, obviously, you know, production's great and it has its place, but it's, you know, it, it just wasn't my favorite division. So, I mean, I still love it. I would probably go back to it if they gave me rounds, give me 15 rounds, but I wouldn't pick it over carry optics. I wouldn't pick it over open and I certainly wouldn't pick it over PCC. I don't care how gay you call me because I shoot PCC. I really <laughs> enjoyed that division. I still do. Um, it's a great division and I know people hate it, but it's because you've never shot it. And if you think you're going to be good at it, get your ass out there and let's rock and roll. We'll see what you got. Cause I guarantee you, you're not going to do well. You, you think you, you might classify well, but when you start banging it out with the big boys, you're not good. You're going to get your ass waxed period. Th those guys are really good for a reason. The so I mean, complaining about that are the people that aren't even like, Right. worrying about the overall right. anyway so it looks right like, and that's usually it's how it works the guys that complain the most aren't winning high overall anyway absolutely yeah. 
I think you should send me that DaVinci to shoot in a few matches since you don't uh, shoot. Ah, man, you <laughs> might want to call your sponsor, bro. Uh, listen, Craig's hey, sponsored. I'm not sponsored like, anymore. Not my sponsor. Listen, you, need, you need to talk to Craig, bro. He, you know, he he's now the top dog at DaVinci, not me. So he's the number one sponsored shooter. So I, uh, yeah, he's the man. So hey, all right. So I will break down how I I walk stages. I walk stages twice. So I walk it the first time. And then I walk it a second time completely. Uh, so I walk the entire state, this entire match. And then I go back and rewalk it again. When I go back the second time, I'm looking for details. I'm not looking to change the stage plan. I'm looking for details of the stage plan. I already have 99.99% of the time. The stage plan I have is what I want to run. It's just little details. Am I going to the left on the fault line? Am I going right on the fault line? How am I entering this, this right side? Am I backing out on a target? Am I entering a target? Am I shooting steel on the move? If I'm shooting the steel on the move, what are my, what does my footwork feel like? Am I, I'm rolling my feet. I'm shooting between those steps. I'm trigger prepping. I'm focusing on the details. The other thing that I do when I am walking stages, I am mentally focusing on a visual sight picture of a single spot in a target. It's the number one thing that I changed this year in my shooting. The Florida Open was, it was crazy for me, the breakthrough that I found. I mean, when I was walking those stages, I don't know what the hell I did. But when I walked those stages, I saw the holes in paper during my breakdowns, during my walkthroughs. I was picking a spot on those Ipsic targets. And I think it had to do with because they were Ipsic targets. And I know that accuracy on those tend to suffer. Not only that, but every target was wide open. So when you get into a hoser, I don't want to say hoser because it really wasn't a hoser match. But when you get into a match where there's no penalties, there's no, you know, super far steal or anything crazy, no swingers, none of that stuff. You can get a lot of Charlies and I was shooting open and Charlies are still not acceptable when you're at my level. So I learned to really focus. So on my first walkthrough, I don't want to say I just go, okay, cool. I found the targets and, and that's it. Cause that's not how I walk stages. But I get a really good nailed down plan on the first one. But the second one is when it really comes through for me where I'm like, all right, I can go to the house right now and literally walk you through the stage on every single footstep. If you were to say, hey, stage number four, and you described it to me, I'd go, blah, 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 blah. I'm going this, 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 reload, blah, 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 turn. I'm going to back out. I'm going to roll my feet. I can go from every single step that I've done because I spent that extra time on it. The well, details all happen in the walkthroughs, not after. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, and I think on stage four, didn't you and Tyler change it at area six? I went like to the right to left, yes. On the second or third walkthrough, I think it yes. wasn't the first or second. I think it was a third. That and was it was actually game. Tyler that found it. I think Tyler was the one that found it. I was like, bro, you're 100%. I think it was the way we attacked the back left steel. Oh. Tom copied mine, me and mine and Tyler. <laughs> oh, <man. great>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> so anybody who's ever walked stages with Craig, whatever my idea is, was his idea. Just to say, I'm just saying. So, just saying. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think, I mean, changed it. Yeah. dude. And there's another big thing. All right. You have to be open-minded with people that you shoot with, right? There are things that someone else might see. It doesn't matter what level they are. It just has to be an intelligent thought. It doesn't matter what level they are. If they see something that you didn't see, it could change your stage. 
It could 100% change your stage plan to be where you win the stage, not just win the stage, but that could be the match win. That's all it takes sometimes for you to, to, to be second, third, fourth, or fifth, or to be first high overall. No, no questions asked in, in your division. It's, it's little things that are a lot of times is just how you enter a position. Do I take this target on the left or do I take the one entering, you know, all the, and then take the one on the left. It's a lot of this stuff. Isn't, you know, there's no groundbreaking. Oh man, you know, Tom learned how to flip upside down and shoot all out. It, it doesn't work like that. It's the little details that I do that I teach and I train and I, I focus on as a shooter that I, I give out to my friends and, and buddies that I shoot with and students that are the details that matter, right? Those are the things that actually change my scores and where I gain speed without actually running around with my hair on fire. A lot of guys I shoot with or shoot against, they have zero, to run around zero, zero. really fast. Well, yeah. They have to run around a lot faster than I do, right? Because I'm looking at efficiently shooting the entire time. That's what I'm looking for. That, that's the big thing about walking stages for me. Is, and, and I am looking at trying to shrink the amount of time I'm on a, on a match. I will tell you, I physically paid in South Carolina for how long I was on the range the second day. So we were there. I try to get there a day before, like when staff shooting is when I try to get there. And then they have a second day of staff day at nationals. I try to be there for both those days, right? I might not be there the first day for the full day, but I'm there enough that I can kind of get a visual of the stages and then come back a second day and really walk stages. Now I do that for a couple of different reasons. Every match I go to, not every match, but I try to go to, every single match I try to go to, especially the bigger ones, I try to video the stage planning that I do. I break it down on camera and talk over the stages for my Insider Circle members. Every big match, uh, like air, every Nationals, every Area 6 match, I have breakdowns for those. Not, not just breakdowns, but I walk the stages beforehand and then share that with my group. So it's hard to do that when other shooters are on the range. So that, that's a big thing. Number two, it gives me an opportunity to rest. I, I, so my travel day is not the day that I have to focus on walking stages because traveling beats the shit out of you mentally and physically. I don't care what anybody tells you. If you have to get on a plane or in a car and drive eight, nine hours, that beats the hell out of you. Then go into those and you have 18 people walking a stage mm -hmm. in your way talking shit to each other like we all do as friends but then you have people that just walk up and start commenting about their stage plans how yeah. they're going to get the fastest time how your plan sucks you have a lot of people out there that just don't understand that just keep your plan to yourself <laughs> you know kind of thing you have that out there in the sport unfortunately but for me personally i walk with all these guys like i've walked stages with all these guys the first thing I do is I put my radio on and I don't want to hear shit from any of them. I don't want to hear what they think. I don't want to hear what their plan was. I don't want to hear any of it. I want to know what my plan is first. And then I take my radio off and go, okay, go. <laughs> and then I, and then I get what everybody else's feedback is. I don't want anybody else's feedback or information in my brain until I've had a fresh look. When I go back for the second time, that is another opportunity opportunity for me to get a fresh look so that's a big thing for me but in south carolina i could not get the second look 
because the shooters kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Every time I got on a stage, I'm like, all right, cool. This guy's the last shooter. I would get up there. And as soon as I got up there, the damn squad was up and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. That was six o'clock at night. (laughs) So I was on the range the entire day trying to get those walkthroughs and I couldn't, and I paid the price the next day. I mean, I couldn't get my hips to move. Um, and the two guys, Tilly and Mike were, uh, Michael Wang were killing it, bro. They were just crushing it. So me not feeling good physically, uh, I just couldn't keep up. Those guys crushed it. So, I mean, and again, that's my fault, you know, I, I, and I knew that I didn't feel great because the weekend before I had traveled. So again, knowing that physical stuff is there, you have to pay attention to it. And where I was in South Carolina, what has it been a month now? Yeah, two months, a month and a half. So two, two months, a month and a half to two months ago, what I feel like today and what I feel like back then is a totally different person after been working out all this time. So when I left that match, dude, I just started going crazy with the working out. I work out five days a week and I work out hard. I've totally changed everything after that match. I was so pissed that I physically broke down that I, it just changed the way I shot. So, so but that's a big that, thing for me with walking stages. I really, I really have got to get off the range on day two or the second walkthrough sooner. That that's a big so thing for me. At Nats, what day are we showing up? Because we're shooting the 9th, 10th, and 11th, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then are we showing up Thursday or Wednesday? I, I think we're there we Wednesday. There I think. I think we're there Wednesday, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So we'll look. We'll look at it when we get off here. It's no big deal. Yeah. So we can figure it out what we booked, but I'm like, we're talking about this. I'm like, huh? (laughs) I want to talk about mistakes at the match because that's a big one. Actually, before I go into that, I'll go into lunch lunch (laughs) and then we'll talk about mistakes because lunch is a big one. So you're going to have a lunch break at pretty much every single day. Right. But I don't think you have a mat. You don't have a lunch break at nationals. So that's one thing you don't have to think about too much. You go through all six stages and then you're done for the day. So that's a good thing that you don't have to worry about. But I want to talk a little bit about lunch at big stages or at big matches. Don't eat the lunch. I highly recommend that you don't eat the lunch. If you do eat the lunch that they provide, eat half of it. Eat just the sandwich or, you know, whatever, whatever you can eat, but don't eat the whole thing. Because when you are done eating, it's going to make you very, very lethargic. Yeah, for sure. Very lethargic. If you haven't noticed at every single match we go to, they don't give you a fruit basket. They don't give you a salad. It's barbecue. (laughs) Well, it's just heavy food. Yeah. Right? It's heavy filler food. It's not not something that... Right. Yeah, pretty much. So, Tyler, do do you eat at the match? Uh, maybe some, maybe a granola bar, maybe a banana. That's what I've gone to now is I've gone to trail mix. Uh, I don't do trail mix with a bunch of sugar and shit in it. I mean, like I do like, uh, I don't have raisins, but I don't do like chocolate or any of that stuff. Yeah. I try to do a more of a natural sugar. If I'm going to do sugar, Todd, what do you do? Um, (laughs) barbecue. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It used to be, honestly, I would have like hot tamales and, what are you trying <laughs> yeah. to take a shit at the, the range no, or what? Just, but I'm changing it because I'm, 
<laughs> but it's it would give me that boost i needed to stay awake when i oh, yeah i'm pretty sure todd is the reason that nationals had to clean their porta potties extra <laughs> the very next year and he wasn't even at the match what the hell no, but, freaking but it's, that, it's, it's now that we're done it's new for me because I'm trying to switch to the natural, kind of like you said, the natural trail mix to yeah. beef jerky to get some of that protein. And that's perfect. To, yeah. to the non-sugar energy drinks that I'm trying out now, just because I know my diet wasn't the best and it was holding me back. And when I go there, you can ask Tyler, I would, it's always code red mountain dew that I would drink throughout the day. Yeah. And I'm trying to, well, I'm cutting sodas almost all the way out. My caffeine's coming from black coffee and those no sugar energy, those little yeah. packet things. So it's yeah, that's big, man. It's it's uh I'm telling you. So Craig, what I mean, I we shoot together all the time. You pretty much eat just a bit a little bit of lunch meat or granola bars, kind of shit like that. And granolas, yep. Yeah. And I started then, uh, doing lunch meat. Lunch meat and cheese is what I would do. That's my big thing is yeah. I'll grab some, just a package of lunch meat and cheese, throw it in somebody's cooler. Craig usually has a cooler, throw it in their cooler. And I, I try to stay away from the breads and anything that's real, real heavy. I, I just, yeah. anything so that just stuff, makes me. I, yeah. <laughs> I avoid it. I don't eat any of the barbecue. I'd never eat that stuff. It's easier, you know, fruit like pineapples and then a trail mix and some protein bars. And, but I'll, I'll, I'll eat that like throughout the day, like a little bit, not just yeah. like, oof. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and oh. for me, and I think it was Kwanzik on one of his podcasts on Stegers, or maybe somebody that said you never want to get hungry at a match because that's true. You get hungry, yeah. that's when you're going to eat, and then you're not going. Yeah, well, it's your mental game goes down, yeah. and then your next stage after you just ate a ton oh. sucks because yeah. So you want to pace yourself throughout the day, and that's something that I'm trying now because I never cared about it before. Okay, I'm hungry. That's eat whatever I threw in my bag and go. So I never thought about that. That's a great point because now when you go to you're hungry, now your brain goes to, Oh, I need to eat. And you're not thinking about stages. You're not focusing on what your on the task no. at hand is. Now you're like my digestive system. I need to eat something. My belly, I'm, I'm it's grumbling and rumbling. Let's go. So that's yeah. a good point. I mean, that's again, there you go. Learning something new, right? Like, it's it, well, there's always it something Bonding, not me but yeah well no you said it so it was your idea you can steal just like Eric. no i'm just kidding <laughs> but, but i mean this is the thing bro listen there's so many great things out there that if you just keep your ears open you'll learn a lot you know it's pretty yeah. amazing like that's i never thought of it that way i mean that's that's kind of common sense but it's obviously not that common because i didn't no. i never thought of it that way it's just when you think like that it's important. Like those are little things. That's the stuff that, you know, one of your questions was staying alert. Well, there it is. Yeah, that's that's one of the ways to stay alert. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. I think staying alert, Christ talked about it some is to staying hydrated and not taking that boost of sugar like I would with my hot tamales and stuff, but stay even throughout the day and figure out a way to do that. And that starts now at your locals, not to not like I did at area six, I'm just going to cut everything out and then have digestive issues for three days. Yeah. All right. So last thing, unless you guys have something else after this, but it, this is my last thing. Mistakes at nationals or mm -hmm. big matches in general. I'm going to shoot a perfect. Great, great topic. Mistakes great at topic. nationals. They don't matter. No. Now 
That being said, no one should go out there and be like, hell yeah, I can shoot as many mics or no shit <laughs> I want, right? Or deltas, you know, but you can't. But when you make mistakes, the biggest problem in this sport that I've seen personally with when it comes to shooters in general is that the mistakes are actually what beats them, not their competitor. And what I mean by that is when they shoot a mic, they shoot a no shoot. The end of the world had just happened they, that they're throwing shit. They're pissed off. They're mad. They can't stop talking about it. All they talk about is the mic, the, this, the mistake, the, that you can't have that. You, you cannot change that mistake ever. Once the no shoot is in there, you have a no shoot. Once you miss the target, you have a mic. Once you shoot a Delta and you run off, you have a Delta. You cannot change it. But guess what, folks? Everyone is going to make mistakes at that match, not just you. The lower the classification, the more mistakes you get. <laughs> I, sure. I want you to understand. I'm going to say that again. The lower your classification, the more mistakes you get. Do you want them? Absolutely not. Should you be striving to shoot perfect? Absolutely. But you should never allow a mic or a no shoot to affect your match ever, especially not the next stage or the stage after that or the stage after that. Once you walk away from that stage, it's over. And I'm going to explain why that's important. 21 stages. I mean, that's all you need to hear. 21 stages. It's like Tyler said it perfectly. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's 100% a long distance race at nationals. Well, and to add to that, I, what I always like to tell Todd is like, I know everyone's going to make mistakes. I just need to make the least. And Absolutely. 100%, bro. Perfect. That was perfect right there. That's 100% correct. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. You're, no one wants to make mistakes. No one goes out there and goes, all right, guys, I got five mistakes in me. You know, it's like, I got, I got five mistakes in me. I, I got it all set up. I'm ready to go. I'm going to put it on that stage, that stage, and that stage. No one does that. So to sit there and go, I got, you know, I got this. No, you're going to make mistakes. And so is everyone else. Everyone well, else makes them. It's something that I have to train out of the turtle self on myself is, I don't have to shoot all alphas. I need to do it efficiently and quickly. And if I make that mistake, and I got to remember this at Nats, Tyler's going to have to tell me every day because he doesn't care about his shooting. But no, <laughs> but to remember that you're going to make a mistake and allow you to make those mistakes. Because for me, if I'm shooting a good match or 90%, 95%, I'm going too slow. I have to remember to allow... Go fast enough that you're going to make mistakes, but minimize the mistakes at the same time. I think that's going to be key for me at nationals. I think something that gets lost a little bit in shooting in general is you should be shooting your percentage of what you are as a shooter. So if you are a B-class shooter, which is what, 85%? Yeah. I mean, okay. when I'm pushing myself, it's 83, 85. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you're shooting 85% of the points you're probably shooting at the level that it takes to win nationals. You're a okay. B class. I, yeah. I want you to, here's the thing. That, Everyone thinks that 
So there's, if you ever look at like the GMs that win nationals, they're shooting 93 to 95% of the points. The percentage, our classification system, as many flaws there is in our classification system with sandbaggers and, and people who grand bag and all these different things in, in, our, in our classification system, they're damn accurate to what you actually shoot at a match. They are. No one walks up and goes, I'm a grandmaster. I'm going to shoot a 95%. They just shoot to their level, right? They shoot yeah. to their level. So when you when you're shooting 85% of the points, you're probably giving yourself a really good chance to win the match. The yeah. only problem is is people forget that little time thing is part of our <laughs> points. Right? Yeah. You're looking at 85% of hell yeah, I'm shooting 85% of alphas over Charlies and Deltas and Mikes. But that time thing is the hidden factor, right? Like you're shooting 85% of the points, but you're not getting 85% type hit factors. And that's where the issue comes in for most shooters is they're looking at it as in, oh man, I'm shooting good hits. Why aren't I winning? Because you're slow as shit. Like you're not pushing, you're not trying to win. So I'll tell you like this, and I don't, I, dude, I could talk about this specific subject every day, all day. I love this subject about how shooters hold themselves back because they're, they're trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> well, it's, it's for me, it's getting outside my comfort zone. If I'm so you don't want to be out of zone, your comfort zone at nationals, no, bro. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. You well, don't no, want to be outside of your comfort zone at nationals. That's what your job is right now. You should oh, absolutely suck right now for a little while. Right? Like you seriously, you should have, yeah. but you should suck at the point where you realize what you're doing wrong and start to clean those up. It should never be like in the next three weeks, every match you go to, if you have the same problems, then we've got some issues, right? Then you're not actually yeah. fixing. You're just doing. And that's an issue that most people run into when they're trying to get better. They just start, they just go out there and go, okay, Tom said, go faster. Well, wait a minute. I said, go faster, <laughs> but you still need to focus on what faster means. It doesn't mean just go out there and start hosing, right? It means the effort oh. level. How hard do you push to get from point A to point B that you can't shoot anything? How fast do you actually get the reload done? Those are the things that have zero to do with skill. You don't have to get better at shooting to be a better shooter. Yeah, agreed. And it's like when the last match where I pushed myself and I had a ton of mistakes there. After that, I went back and watched the videos that I had or I think about that stage. I knew why I made the mistakes. And that for me, that's a big start. I think in the last year, year and a half, that's a big, well, actually probably more of it like the last nine months to a year. That's a big change where before, shit, I'd have a couple mics on stage. I couldn't tell you why I had the mics. Yeah. I couldn't even yeah. tell you probably where the mics were. But now yeah. I can tell you which target it was, what I was doing. And there's one, as I did, I knew what I was doing because I freaking dropped my foot as I ripped a shot into a no-shoot. Just think if you would have videoed those nine months ago, how much better you'd be, though. Because well, you got... slack off on the video. Oh, come on. Let's, okay, not, let's, last... let's not lie. Tyler videos when you're not paying attention, right? <laughs> well, so if the... you video, if you yeah. video more nine months ago, if you would have videoed more nine months ago to today, you would have had a lot more knowledge. True. But there's, there's knowledge to digest that, that I've learned versus being able to just look at the video because you can look at a video all day long. 
but if I don't realize what I'm looking yeah, at, because that's I, have, I've, I don't know. So I don't know if that's yeah. true, but I can look at it now because of taking the classes, having conversations with you, Craig, say um, Donovan, Aaron, all them. I can't. <laughs> All right, somebody commented on something. Let's see what it was. <laughs> Here comes, there's no fucking excuse. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is no one even said anything, and Todd busted out with why he was saying what he was getting in trouble for. Her. Like, like, <laughs> it's oh, it's- Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's true oh, though. But man. it's not an excuse. It's just the way it was. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> here comes the excuse. It's not as an excuse. <laughs> like he's so, he's so mad. You he, gotta edit this shit out. It's not Tyler. You son bitch. <laughs> oh this my fight God. gets fucking edited out. Now it's all breaking up. Look at it. All right, guys. Uh, do you have any other questions? Yeah. Oh, we're lagging. No, oh, can you hear me? Did we lag yes, now? I can hear you. Tyler messed it all up, or uh, Todd messed it all bad, up though. when he got mad. No, there's no mad. Okay. It's a, what? Yeah, we, yeah. You're, you're, you're breaking up so bad right now. <laughs> All I heard was excuse, excuse, excuse. Yeah, yeah. Excuse. It wasn't me. It was. It uh... wasn't me. It was. It was Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so the best part is Tyler's. Tyler's I'm genuinely concerned. Tyler's computer works, and he's sitting right next to Todd. And his computer isn't working in his own house. <laughs> he's all lagging. <laughs> Tyler's taking all the bandwidth. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh shit. Todd's face is still stuck on excuse. That's all I used to see. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Do you guys have any anybody, <laughs> anyone? Go ahead, Tyler. Damn. Well, what I will add is earlier I was talking about how I would try to find things that are advantageous or whatever on stage planning. And obviously I when I say that, what I meant to say was like things like picking my spot on targets and where am I going to enter and exit? How do my feet need to be? Like, I, I probably should have elaborated on that more because yes, those are a lot, like all those things are things I need to, that I think about. And uh, like, you know, so there's a lot more detail than I, I just said it's advantageous, but yeah, I think about a lot of things when I'm stage playing. Yeah. How is the, uh, how is the stage planning going now after the class? You feel like you're finding new, new little things starting to pay attention a little bit more of like the flow instead of just shooting targets or. Yeah. Well, I always feel like I was doing that. I think one thing I'm working on better now is obviously some of that flow. I'm definitely getting way more comfortable, like just moving and shooting. Like, I feel like I like hardly stop anymore. Like, and so like just being able to shoot while just like moving through a stage, like the flow feels much more, it's not like, I don't even know if it, it, it feels natural. Like it feels yeah. way more natural than trying to run to the spot, run to the spot. And yeah. when I see like my friends doing it, I'm like, no, 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 just go through, <laughs> go through yeah. this area, shoot sooner, yeah. you know, all those things. And it's like, it just seems like a no brainer that like, you know, you just need somebody to explain to you. But um, like Craig was saying, a big thing is 
trying to find a way how can i continually shoot through this entire stage without with the least amount of dead time and that's that is a big focus of mine now too especially shooting high cap now i got those 24 rounds <laughs> it's nice being able to just cruise through a stage and just nail everything yeah that's pretty awesome man it's uh that's good that's what i wanted to hear i was hoping that was what i was hearing because we had uh after the class we we found a couple things in the class that i was just like dude this this kind of identified that the the 10 round thing going to you know finding a section finding a section kind of explained a lot of where i was like look this is what's holding you back <laughs> right like it's and it the reason it was holding you back wasn't because you weren't shooting well it was because you were you were rushing to spots instead of just eliminating targets everywhere you could go and, and blending and, the whole stage into one yeah. thing and that's what I, I know that was what it was. I could tell, I could tell right away when just when we were walking stages and I was just like, dude, he's just, he's so production oriented from, I mean, you shot it forever, right? Like that was your main division. You just switched over to 24 this, rounds, yeah, right? Fifth year. Yes. I, only, I shot limited for most of this last year and now right. carry optics for two months. Like, yeah. so it's really like four years of point a to point b to point c yeah. to point d to point finish yeah. eight 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 or a 10 here and there so yeah for yeah. sure it's it's a big change um it was i, I figured to be a ch i didn't think the dot was going to be an issue because your fundamentals were really really good your grips really really good so I, the dot part i knew was going to be easy for you Feels like i figured some of the stage planning issue was going to come in there not because not because you were not you didn't know how to stage plan but because i was like mm, it's a different game when you have nothing to stop you <laughs> you know it's like when you can just start ripping and at your level of shooting it really matters like you have to find that uh that different level of shooting when you get to your level right like you can't go okay cool i'm just gonna run to a spot run to a spot you got to start finding those little tricks that to, to start taking your competition right and beating that competition so all right man all right guys so uh todd where's your next match Where's your next, next big match? match? Georgia? Georgia's the next major that I'm shooting. All right. Tyler? Same thing. Georgia? Craig? Um, Czech hold Republic. On, hold on, hold on. I just I want to make sure that we get this out because everybody needs to know. <laughs> Craig McElhaney is going. Craig, where's your next match, buddy? Uh, Czech Republic. Oh, hey, everybody. Craig's yeah. going to Czech, Czech Republic to shoot a match. Just thought I'd let that know. You're just jealous. Hmm. Have yes. fun staying I remember when I was sponsored. I remember oh. when I was sponsored. That's oh. all I can remember. So I remember I when I, I was did that for you, Craig. I remember when I was the sponsored one. So, yeah. but I, you know, whatever. I'm just a I'm next just a, level, bro. I'm just, I'm just garbage. So, all right. So my next match is the Doc Welt. Woo! Area eight, we're um, going. Area five, which would be my first match, my first or second area match of the year. Then I have a class. Nope, that one's gotten moved. I moved my Texas class because of the heat. Uh, let's see. I have area eight in August. Oh, my God. Carry Optics Nationals in September. Pan American Games the very next week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> area four right after that. Then I have a South Carolina class, ladies and gentlemen, October 1st and 2nd. I will be posting something about that this week. Hopefully by the end of the week, I've just been super crazy busy and haven't had a chance. Um, I already have a couple of those spots sold out. So uh, I highly recommend that if you hear this, immediately go on there, tcsacoaching.com, and you will be able to find the class schedule. 
Then I have open nationals. And I think that's it. And then I have, um, I, I have to figure out whether I'm going to do one of my own level two matches. We plan on putting on in November two. I mean, figure out something's happening, right? I thought that's. We're going to do a test run first, man. Um, okay. We're going to make sure that we can run it uh, and not have any issues. So if anybody who doesn't know, we have a five bay, maybe six. It looks like we're going to get six bay, but we have a five bay range that we're going to run 10 stages on. So basically how I would do is I build five. We would shoot five mandatory lunch break. And then I would rotate things that I need to rotate, but have everything color coordinated so that I don't have to, you know, there's no question what's stage five versus stage one or whatever it is, you know, kind of thing. So um, that's kind of what we're doing or stage five and stage 10. So that we're going to kind of do a test run. I have it all figured out how I want to do it, but we're going to be able to put two stages on everything's going to be built. And then one of the stages is going to be removed or the material is going to be moved. And then, we will bring those back in after lunch and it'll, it'll be a completely different stage. So I'm excited about it. I think it's, I've done something like this before for, for some of our other local matches, but this time it's going to be a big match. So we're actually going to do a cash match where we actually pay cash to the shooters on third Sunday next month. So I'm excited about that. Kind of get a little test run and we might actually make that match in November, a cash match. We're trying to figure out what we want to do. So instead of trophies, cash in hand. So I, I don't know if that'll be better, but, but we'll see. And I'm also trying to do staff reset on that match, but I don't know. We are area six, but we are not area six. <laughs> so, and, I, and I would like Todd to come down. So it probably has to be staff reset yeah, it's, because it's coming, it's gotta be. he doesn't, he doesn't do resetting. Um, you know, that's I all I know. At locals all the time. Yeah. Don't not. Yeah. So I, all I know is, I think the only reason Todd squads with the same guys is because they pace for him and they carry him around on a, like a like a chair, so he doesn't <laughs> yeah, have to that's it. walk around and stuff. Or he or he has pacers on an extension. He sticks it. In. He just little stick reaches out from the chair. He's like twenty feet from the target. (laughs) He just throws the whole roll at the shit. I pasted it. Todd's normal thing is, oh, here's a paster gun. Yeah, here you go, guys. I got paster guns. I usually run the timer or tablet. So. Still not pasting. I'm just saying there's no reset oh when God. you do those things. So it sounds like yeah, that's, a lot of static. that's a lot of just standing there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He yeah. stands and he and the way he scores, or he's the pad guy. He stands yeah, all the way at the top. Yeah. What was that? Two uh, Delta? Whatever. No. <laughs> so all right, guys. We are done for the we are done for the podcast. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Anything else? Anybody have anything? Good. I think no. we're good. If you want to not suck. Never take an off season. Agreed. Oh, Jesus. Agreed. No off season. Off oh, Todd, wait a minute. Did That's you take whole... an off season? Involuntary. <laughs> 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 it just fucking happened that way. So the worst part, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll just do this real quick before I get out of here. Todd comes to one of my classes and absolutely crushes it. Completely different shooter from the first day to the last day. I keep up with him all the time. We're really good friends, so I'm, I'm keeping up with him. He's doing really well. Dumbass decides to take an offseason right in the middle of a breakthrough, right when he it was did. on the edge of taking a breakthrough. It wasn't a choice. It's just 
It was around Christmas. Tyler, is that excuses? Oh, there it is. Type it in, Tyler. Excuses. I don't like you anymore. (laughs) I think I think from now on I'm just gonna do a big (laughs) beep. Bullshit excuses. So that's it. That's it, baby. Charlie Brown's parents. (laughs) Charlie Brown's parents. (laughs) 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 It just happened that way. I don't have control over my own life. I don't know. Tyler did it. Man, I, you know what? You should probably go back and shoot single stack locally. You'd probably sound better. Yeah. I've never yeah. fucking shot single stack, and I never will. Well, you <laughs> sound like one. You and Debbie. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Craig, I, Craig, I used to like you. Uh, <laughs> Craig, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, awesome. Craig's just happy that Tom's not picking on him now. It's me. It doesn't bother me. Trust me. Yeah, he. Don't, I don't bother him at all. So. That's right. You spend eight hours in the truck with him. Ooh, you know what? That's the best day, the best conversation he's ever had in his life. Oh, oh my yeah. god. He learned right. so much when we ride in the truck together. Trey oh, yeah. probably talks yeah. like 15% of the time and you talk 85. He, no, I'm like Greg, this, but but <laughs> that's I, that's so true though. Oh my god, that was so good. That was so good. But but can I? I just need to go pee. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to talk over here. <laughs> oh shit. All right, guys, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Tom Caster Shooting Academy, please do. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It is um, it is something that I really put a lot of heart and effort into. I really enjoy it. I feel like it is a big bonus to anyone who's in there. You guys get breakdown videos, mindset videos. I do not put my workout videos in there, so don't worry. You don't have to go in there and work out. But I definitely put a lot of drills in there. Everything that I do to make myself a better shooter, I go into and I give you guys those tips. There's nothing I hold back. I really enjoy giving you that information. I have lots of classes coming up. Well, two classes coming up at the before the end of the year. So if you're looking for a class, hit me up on tcsacoaching.com or you can also message me, Instagram, Facebook, Tom Castro Shooting Academy, I'm on all of those, YouTube, all of that good stuff. So I really appreciate you guys checking out the podcast and I'll see you on the range.